Y'all ready to be history? It's starting. Welcome. Hi. 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 Hello, everyone. To the Pro Audio Suite. These guys are professional. They're motivated. Thanks to Tribooth, the best vocal booth for home or on-the-road voice recording. Introducing Robert Marshall from Source Elements and Someone Audio Post, Chicago. Darren Robert Robertson from Voodoo Radio Imaging, Sydney. Tech to the VO Stars. George the Tech Whitam from LA. And me, Andrew Peters. Voiceover talent and home studio guy. Line up, Welcome to another Pro Audio Suite. This week we're talking about levels, compression, and delivering an audition following the brief. Mm -hmm. So we've got a few stories. Um, Robbo, you've got one. Um, I can kick off actually by saying a mate of mine had the same problem you had from a certain company in Australia where a file arrived from a voice talent via that person heavily compressed, yeah. went to the post-production guy and he said, <laughs> I can't use this. Yeah, well, I and, I, use it. and yeah. I said the same thing. I, I, I got some files against my advice to the client. Uh, I got some files from an Australian internet voiceover provider um, and basically what I received from them in terms of voiceover was a finished mastered voiceover file. Um, yeah. Which left me nowhere to go. I still had to create radio imaging from this stuff and it was basically finished uh, in terms of the, what they'd sent me. Um, so I so did go... they actually request a dry, raw audio file or is there a lot of assumption going on that they assume they're sending dry Well, files? I guess the, the, the giveaway is they know me, this company. They know robbo at voodoosound.com.au and that's where they were told to deliver the files to. So it would have been yeah. clear that it wasn't going back to the client. It was coming to a production house, even if they didn't know me right. just by the email address. Um, right. So what did they do to it? Like mastered, like did they EQ compressed? EQ compressed, gated, the whole kit and caboodle and Stacked. everything done, and everything done poorly yeah. too, can I say? Um, it just sounded yeah. like rubbish. So, so uh, as I was saying Can't to AP, it. it's like, why would you do that? And the in other interesting thing comes from it was when I emailed back and said, hey, I've got to work with this. Can you send me the raw files? I basically got told, oh, I'll have to go check with the boss first um, before I can just send you that file. So it took what another does that mean? hour. I do, well, basically, I've got to go to the boss and go, is it okay if I send these raw files? Um, what? Well, here's, here's yes. the thing. When oh, I heard, this came when, from a post house? This didn't come from like a talent? This was a post house this? Was, this? this is, is, is uh, let's tread carefully. It's an online voiceover provider here in Australia. Uh, okay. A very well-known one. So, um, the, yeah. So the talent so, have to send the file via that. So place. they, so so they, they got booked via this an this, online casting site. Yes, basically. Well, kind of, facing yeah, of um, sorts. casting slash voiceover provider. Yeah. Right. Uh, so did so so did the talent? Is your your impression that the talent? I would say this was done after the files were received from the talent to back to the this company that they then processed them before sending them out. Because when I received they, the yeah. raw files, it was obvious why. They, I mean, it's, you know, typical mum under the stairs recording with a microphone sound. Right. Um, but instead of just leaving them alone or maybe just running a bit of noise reduction or whatever, they basically made them finished audio. Um so, as, and, you know, as I was saying to AP, it's like, you know, if, if that had to be a TV spot or something, what do you do? 
you know, and we've talked about this before with with noise, uh, sorry, with loudness metering and all that sort of stuff, you know, prevalent in TV these days, you've basically, if you've compressed the living shit out of your voice, where do I go now? Um, In terms of loudness and stuff, you're compromising my mix. Um, This wasn't TV, it was radio, but you know, why? I, I don't understand the why. And, and it seems like you're shouting into the void. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> In a compressed state. Yeah. I know. The funny like, thing is <laughs> someone was all proud of themselves for processing that and really special, making it better, you know? Yeah. It's, we're talking radio imaging promos and sweepers and stuff. So clearly, if you're not putting music and sound effects behind it, someone else is going to have to. So I, I, I can't believe that they thought this was going to air. I can only believe that they thought this sounded better than what we got sent and now you do what you want to do with it. Um, yeah, it'd be like showing up for a feature and showing up fully in makeup. Exactly. Right. Exactly. exactly. I'm, I'm, I got to take up This is why that. you don't process yeah. your mic. Yeah. Right. yeah, that's right. That's so, a pretty yeah. good analogy, actually. That's clever. Yeah. I like it. I it's use the makeup good. thing all the time because yeah, I, I have like to explain it. it to people, you know. But it's and but and then when I say well when I make you a stack for audition it's so that when you go to the supermarket you don't look like you were run over by a truck you just mm-hmm. look normal yeah that's the stack that's you know? right yeah uh, and and then that's but that's for really auditioning and then if they say please send the audio in the same way you sent the audition that's the way we want it to sound then you then okay you apply the stack again that would be showing up camera ready. You show up camera ready, meaning however you show up is way you're going to look on camera. So that's camera ready. And since a lot of people I work with are actors, they kind of get those concepts. Not everybody, but, you know. So you just have to know the nuance of the situation. But I just don't understand how companies who are, quote unquote, the professionals, the pros that are in this chain of command or whatever you want to call it, this chain, would, would not get the concept of what the job is of a producer is producing audio mm, exactly. like that? Why yeah. would you pre pre do the job? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there you go. So, Robert, <laughs> you you had a, a uh, an audition incident. Oh, uh, yeah. We um, I know somebody who was dealing with an audition. Um, <laughs> it's a very sensitive episode. It, <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> it, um, so, like four hundred people submit auditions. And wow. just in a casual conversation, finally, um, the person who is basically cultivating or you know distilling through is just like, I'm sick of it. And I don't have time, and they want the results faster. And I've got, out of these 400, 70-some-odd people that in one way or the other didn't follow the instructions, slated it improperly, named it improperly, didn't provide the right information. I, I forget all of what it was. A lot of it was not providing the right information or um, improper slates, think, think, things like that. And finally, he was just like, you know what? I'm just like not submitting them. And he had a whole folder of just not going to submit <laughs> because it's yeah. more work to clean up and do the research and figure out who this is with. And I, I'm not sure how much of that was coming from agents and how much of that was coming from um, talent. I have a feeling it was more like agents not really cleaning up and checking out everything that was submitted to them and just sort of passing it on. Here you go, here you go, here you go. And before he was doing the legwork to kind of put it back together or chop this or that out of the out of the sound file and whatnot. And he just had it. So you don't get a chance now if you don't follow instructions. Yep. Hmm. It reminds me of the old days of printed resumes. Uh, they would throw them out. They didn't like that. Yeah. Weight of the paper, the color of the paper, the font. 
Yeah. Anything to narrow down the field. But Anything. You know, but you know, like, I, please. I, I would agree with this guy that Robert knows is doing because if you can't take direction in terms of just submitting an audition, how are you going to take direction during a session then? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. the old Metallica Brown M&M's writer. Uh, yeah. Story. Van Halen or whoever it was. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That? Yeah. yeah, depending yeah. on who you ask. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, like no brown M&Ms. Why? Because if you did that, then we know you read all the other stuff. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And that means we know that we're not going to burn alive when we set off the pyro on yeah. stage. Or the stage yeah, isn't, right. stage isn't going right. to fall down or, you know, the merchandise yeah. isn't going to be in the wrong place or whatever. Exactly. That's right. Totally. The guy that was supposed to keep the stage from blowing up was sitting there separating brown M&Ms all night. <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. Somebody else did that job. Oh, well, my God. You know, I, I have a lot of instructions on my website. My site is definitely wordy, and whenever I have a page where people are submitting files, I do have a lot of instructions, and I say, please include a document explaining, you know, the your studio and your equipment and all this stuff. And mm -hmm. I'd say one in five or one in six people don't follow the instructions. And I just, I want to say something, but I don't, but I just go, well, I mean, how can this person be successful in this business if they can't follow my instructions? That's right. Like, yeah. If they're missing the instructions on my, and you know, my instructions haven't changed much in seven or eight years. They've been pretty well vetted, you know, they've been yeah. read by thousands of people. So I know they're not really badly written. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of words there. <laughs> it might take you a few minutes to read through it, but it's all there. Yeah. You know, I think people think they know where you are or, or where, where they are. And they just make certain assumptions. We get tech support emails that say like, Source Connect isn't working. Please help. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. please let us know what yeah. version, what's your username? Yeah. Like, yeah. start giving us some information. Yeah. And usually people write back with like, okay, here's some more information. Like, send us screenshots, whatever we say. Like, yeah. But sometimes people write back with like just another version of like useless, it's not connecting. <laughs> barely like... You know, like narrowed it down a little bit. There's yeah. still like a hundred reasons. Like, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. after about ten yeah. emails, they finally come back with, "Well, our internet provider's down at the moment, or something like that." I bet. Yeah. yeah. Or I rebooted my computer and it works now. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <someone laughs> that was there was a Facebook group post. Somebody was like, "The problem, that problem, wah wah wah," and didn't provide any, you know, salient information like what interface they're using. Really, almost nothing. Right. Yeah. Yep. People are so needy. Not the people asking the question, but people are so needy to be validated to provide the answer yeah. that they're all jumping into the thread and ask, you know, trying to put in their two cents. What is it? Well, maybe it's this. Or did you try this? And I wrote, to the, I wrote back and I said, are you really looking for tech support or just sympathy? Because you <laughs> didn't provide any information. And, and the guy PM'd you, me. You lonely want someone to talk to. Right. Yeah. And he PM'd me and he was like, I, you know, he, he, was, he was pissed that yeah. I would write that, you know. And then the next day he wrote me, I didn't write, I didn't reply. And the next day he wrote me again. He apologized for, <laughs> for going off on me. But I was just like, you're, going, you're wasting our time. Like, there's a lot of people in this room that know a lot of stuff and they're, for whatever reason, they're just anxious to give the answers. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of time being wasted. Mine, everybody else's, because you're just not giving any helpful information. And that that's what makes me crazy about Facebook groups for tech support. They don't make you read an FAQ. There's not like a moderator. I mean, there's moderating, but there's not a lot. And, you know, in the on the old days of forums, which still exist, yep. there was definitely like a forum at, um 
uh, etiquette, you know? And if you were not following the etiquette, you were either, you know, put on hold or banned or, you know, reprimanded. Because no, it's like a sluts. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's a social, it's a social gear uh, space. Yeah, gear space, right? It's <laughs> yeah. a social construct. It's a social, um, um, it's a social space where there are certain courtesies that are, that need to be taken. Yeah. It'd be like, are you going to be the guy that walks into a room where everybody is discussing somebody's uh, recently passed mother and say, Hey, I got a birthmark on. You want to see my birthmark? I mean, are you going to be that guy? Um, you know, so that's why be a little more sensitive when you're asking questions. Well, and, and a little bit back to like, like one of our other things, like, you know, when help is given and it's like, if someone asks you questions, they're trying to get to the bottom of it. A lot of tech support is just asking the right, right questions. And, and that's so why it's you're like, good at what you do. That's why I'm good at what I do because we get down to the, the, the crux of the matter quickly. And it may it may require a lot of questions after an, after a question, right? But that's that's right. how we exactly. get to where we need to go fast. You know, yeah, that's crucial. And some people just want, you know, whatever they they feel that they just need attention now. But exchanging a bunch of emails back and forth that look like you're giving them attention, you are, but you're not getting to solve the problem. You know, maybe that's okay for you, but for the person that has a docket of emails to go through, and I'm sure you have your own stuff to go through. Why extend the process? Right. <laughs> you yeah. know? It's about effective like, use of time. You know, yeah, We're, we right. respect our time. We respect our own time. Hopefully we do. We should be respecting our own time. But we also respect your time, you know, and we want to get whatever it is we're solving, we want to solve quickly and move on to the next thing. And yeah. I'm sure you want to get it done with too. Yeah. There, there was one other thing with the auditions. Um, he uh, he was he was noting that some of the voices. He, so so the agency says like, you know, do we do you want us to narrow down the um, the the audition? And the agency's like, no, like audition everywhere, the whole country, but don't give us four hundred million options. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> so, right. so we have to like you know weed through it, and we know the client, and so some of the auditions come in, and they're like, they're so close, but. There's just a funny word that's pronounced slightly funny, and then you're thinking, okay, we have an hour to capture this. Uh, I'm not sure if this person's going to be directed out of that particular pronunciation or something. So close, and and because this person's curating and trying to not just think about what the client wants in an ideal world, but also what's going to make the session go smoothly. And hearing somebody that has... For example, too many mouth clicks. You're like, oh, I don't know if that's that's going to be a lot of cleanup later. So if I'm being put in charge of filtering the list, there's other filters being put on that. Not just like, do, do the voices sound cool? Is it the right intert? But also, are there any telltale signs that this person might be a nightmare to work with because of excessive mouth uh, clicks or wow. some particular okay. pronunciation? Yeah. You say, that sometimes clients aren't aware of when they're auditioning. They're listening more for like, is it cool? Is it does it have the vibe? But they're not the subtleties of like, you know, I I hear a valve knock. I'm pretty sure that engine's going to go, even though it sounds fast or whatever. Uh, that's it's a good analogy. Gonna, that's yeah. that's yeah, that's certainly interesting. So is it pronunciation or pronunciation? See there, there's is it tomato oh, tomato. I wanted to say something, but I didn't say it. <laughs> what, what? I I don't even know what I said now. <laughs> I think you mispronounced my pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. Pronunciation, pronu pronunciation, pronunciation, uh, pronu pronunciation, pronunciation. Yeah, 
pronunciation. I said pronunciation, right? Yeah. You did. Is you pronounce the word, thing? but you pronunciate it? Correct. Yeah. I'll blame it on a regionalism. <laughs> it's like enunciate and enunciate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> Pronounce but, but that's actually really interesting. The stuff you just mentioned, because yeah. the, like the uh, the account director or the creative is listening for you know the delivery and something really cool. And as the audio engineer, you're going, this, this is going to be a nightmare. Like the mouth clicks and all the other crap that I've got to deal with. It's just going to slow the whole thing down. Let's forget that one and move on to another one. So yeah, the, the things have changed, right? It's not like the maybe twenty years ago where you'd get five, ten, twenty really impressive performances, but with really crappy audio. Yep. And you're like, well, I can find the one I like here, and then we know we're recording in a studio, so who cares? Th- those those times have completely changed, right? I mean, that's that's history, right? Yeah. You're right, and, and mouth clicks may or may not be something. I mean, that's like a thing the day of, even like maybe you just had a bad audition yep. day, but. Yep. Realize that at least in this case, it's quite possible that something like that, at least at least with this person who was filtering through the list, they were filtering for not just performance; they were filtering for what's going to make my job easier. And, so now, uh, yeah, I can, now you got the uh, actors in this room worried. Should they be mouth declicking with Isotope RX before they send their auditions I, out? Yeah, you know, it's like I personally thought you shouldn't need to do that, uh, and. Maybe there is a need to some degree, at least, you know, not completely everything, but if it's really bad. And and the other thing is, like, if you do that, if you are the most, most mouth-clicky person in the world, and then you mouth-de-click your audition, and then you come in on the live mic and you're completely clicky, then are right. you just not able to match your demo? Right, right, right. And yeah. you're hiding the flaws that are part of your performance. Yeah. Mm, but are they flawed? I mean, it's tricky. I mean, I, I, I don't get this confliction between listening to a demo and listening to finished audio. I mean, I don't give a fuck whether you've got mouth clicks or not because I'll just clean it up. I mean, you know what I mean? I don't. I, I, I if don't. If you're casting now, if you know, if better. you're casting, if you're if you're doing if you're doing a casting, you're like this is going to be a hundred spots and you know how much work it is and the agencies are beating you up for basically a flat rate price on the whole job, then you you want to know that you're going to be able to move this whole volume of work quickly. And if you record some voice actor that causes you more work and you're in control of whether or not that person is even able to be presented, yeah, it... It makes more work. Fact is, I mean, even if it has to be declicked, it, it with or without isotope, um, it takes time. Yeah, to to deal with that stuff. Yeah, it's not like one thirty second spot. You're talking about multiple spots, and yeah, yeah. it could be a big job. Exactly, Avery. or the parameters of it. Because, for instance, the the agencies are doing this thing. Did you know about this loophole, Andrew? We're a big time giant agency, blowing all kinds of money on productions. We pay union rates. But we can have a low-budget production where if the whole budget on the production doesn't exceed some number like five or ten grand, now we can underpay, I guess, the union talent? Have you heard of this? No, I have not. No. (laughs) Seems to exist. Wow. If the whole budget of the whole production falls below a certain threshold, then these big companies that are normally signatories and paying, you know, full union rate, they're able to 
get a discount because the whole production is low budget. Wow. I do know in various countries that, you know, obviously budgets are different in varying countries, but I've found in certain parts of the world, they don't really have a fixed rate. They kind of go, okay, we've got this much. That's it. There's no no rate card. It's all used car deals, deals. Yeah, yeah. Basically, they'll say, okay, you know, how much would you charge me for this? And it's like, well, how much have you got? And they'll tell you, it's like, <laughs> you know, because I'm not going to say, because they could have a lot. Right. <laughs> but this is, like, this is legit studios, you know. I mean, these are commercial studios that are, that are doing the jobs. And um, But talking about uh, yeah. presentation of stuff, we're going to talk about levels. And presentation or presentation? <laughs> presentation. Who's <laughs> 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 she a pussycat? What'd you get for Christmas? A present? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, now, levels. So if you get a bunch of auditions sent to you and someone's levels are really low, do they get binned? Um, I, I don't know if he... He, he didn't tell, talk to me about that. So I, personally, I wouldn't... Like on auditions, I, I'm much more tolerant of like low-quality auditions. Like, does it is it the right person? It's easy to normalize. The problem is when you have 400 things to go through, like that's where it's like, you know what, I'm not doing it for this person, I'm not doing it for anybody. So if it's too low, um, if it's exceedingly too low, that could be a problem, I guess. But that's a shame. I, I don't know that levels were specified in the audition, in that particular audition. This is more like instructions like, you know, the the instruction you get in the test where it says like, you know, question one, two, three. The first the first question is read all the questions. And then when you read the whole thing, the last question is don't do any of the questions. And of course, like nine out of ten people do all the questions because they didn't read the first question and they just like Yeah. So it was a simple stuff like put your name in here, say your name, don't say your name, whatever it was. But um I mean I could see levels being a problem if you want to present to your customers a you know consistent deck of voices to go pick from. Yeah. Uh, so you either have to solve it for them or not present that option, or somehow you look bad to your client because you're giving them levels all, that are all over the place. Can yeah, we yeah, yeah. can we establish a? Can we just come up with a LUFS or an RMS that yes. audio should be sent yeah, at yeah. minus twenty? But minus twenty for raw audio because. There's some raw audio yeah. that has too much dynamic content to be able to do a minus 20 RMS. That would require some compression. Uh, sure. Yeah, well, I mean, minus 20 leaves quite a bit of headroom. Yeah. But yeah. But I'll, I, mean, I, mean, I was analyzing true. some audio today of some trailer stuff. I was helping a friend of mine try to help his trailer game come up with some secret super weapon processing. And we had some interesting audio to listen to. And I was analyzing it for RMS content. And I'm thinking, man, this sounds loud. But when I would analyze it, it was still hovering around minus 20 RMS, roughly, you know, luffs. And um, I was like, interesting, okay. Because I would have thought it should be louder than that. Or I would have thought to my ears it was louder than that, right? So, um, you know, I've, I've done some very basic po polling of folks. And I've, you know, so what do you guys send your audio that you actually deliver to auditions and to jobs what is your average rms and almost across the board it was around minus 20 you know and it would certainly make it easier if all all an actor had to do was just simply apply a normalizing an, an rms normalizer and move on and not and take all the guesswork out of it not changing the dynamics just I, I don't think that normalizing RMS. is bad I, I don't think especially for especially for an audition 
normalizing to an to an RMS value, I don't think would be bad at all. Yeah, I mean, it might be Shouldn't. lower. It might be minus twenty four if it's raw, completely raw audio. What would that be on peak level? So if you're normalizing to minus twenty RMS, what's that? Well, it it, it depends. And right? the peak is it what it is. Zero, yeah. It could be a minus four. It could be really anywhere. Because okay. you can't normalize to both a certain peak and a certain RMS simultaneously. If you do, you're actually now controlling dynamic range, which means you're actually applying a limiter. Compression. Yeah. Right. And, or and RX has that ability. RX editor has a loudness control, and you can set those values precisely. Um, Adobe Audition also has this. You can It's called loud man, loudness match or something like that. And you can just... I want it to be... Uh, Absolute peak of minus three and an RMS of or a LUFS of minus twenty with a yeah. variation of two decibels. And you can plug that in and just hit a button. And every file yep. will be exact. New Gen has that too. Yeah. Yep. Like LM correct. Right. Yep. So there is a way to do it. Not every program has it. Um, but should we be doing it? Or just should we just use an RMS normalize standard that we all just use? I, I think I think the thing to do is to do an RMS normalized standard, and if the RMS level is low enough that you've got a significant amount of headroom, which minus twenty is pretty good. I mean, that's twenty decibels of volume till you peak. But it's pretty um, good for narrative, but for character stuff, it's yeah. You might be at like minus thirty yeah, or something. Yeah. So it really does depend on what you're delivering because character work, the right. dynamic range is way, 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 way wider. Are um, we talking finished so. audio here? Or are we talking demo still? No, we're we're talking about delivery of what, de what of auditions and dem as yeah. a demo. Though? As, a, as, an, as audition. an audition, audition. Dem yeah, as an audition. A, demo, a, a, an a audition. demo is finished. A demo is all polished up and like yeah. For my thought, then, wouldn't rather than forget RMS and all the rest of it, shouldn't we just be using like a LUFS? So everything that we get is that's, at the same loudness. Why, why, why are we bothering with RMS? Because even at different peaks, things can still sound louder and softer. The, why aren't we just doing loudness in general then? Loudness would be fine. It could be LUFS. It could be LKFS. That's fine. Does everybody have a? I mean, everyone has a peak meter, but the problem is peak doesn't really create a good listening experience. What you really want is some sort of averaging thing. Um, what I would say to that, to be perfectly honest, is that especially when LKFS came out, I realized that I could mix to zero VU on a VU meter. Old school, like it was 1960, mix that spot till it peaks, till it you know averages at zero VU, and you you'd get within. Two three decibels of of minus twenty four LKFS. Mm -hmm. It just works like the old standards worked if you actually knew how to read the meter and actually followed them. It's just like it's like a new name for an old standard. You know what made me feel old the other day? I was watching a YouTube video. Uh, I can't remember what it was on. It was on something or other. And this guy was using a VU meter and he actually had to stop and explain what it was. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> in the, back in the old days, yeah. they used to have these things and he's showing like the, the meters and stuff and he's showing them moving and explaining it all. And I'm like, fuck, I'm not that old, surely. Yep, <laughs> we are. Surely. I, I'm so old that I still like looking at a VU meter. I like, do. There's something I've still about got it. That... I still got one I've that got, I had I've made. I've got them as well. I don't use them to for anything, but I like looking at them. When My dad going. just sent me one in a Bakelite container. It's just a standalone nice. VU yeah. voltage meter. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, I'll never get rid of mine. So it's like if I mean VU meters are readily accessible, and I think it's a more meaningful thing. Like if 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 everyone just sends you their audition like uh, normalized to peak, then the volumes are going to be all over the place. Right. But if if people send you a VU audition normalized to an RMS. That'll be close enough to something like a loudness standard, like mm. LKFS or LUFS. That mm. that, and and if you said minus twenty, if you're just vague about it, and you said minus twenty, but not peak, you just leave that one out. Most of the standards would be close enough. Like if you did minus twenty LUFS and minus twenty LKFS and minus twenty VU, I bet you they would all be within a be couple decibels. Of yeah, each true. Other. Mm. Yeah. True, but it just sort of occurred to me that if, you know, if loudness is the real issue, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you, you are right. Loudness meters, you know, well, $29 from Waves and you've got yourself one, I suppose, to be fair, but... Yeah, you get the Doro meter or or the, the Waves W, what is it, WLM? WLMS loudness or something. Meter. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, LM, yeah. Well, I mean, like Twisted Wave gives you a real-time peak and RMS reading in decibels Which is great. all the time. Yep. And then it's got a normalize that lets you normalize to an RMS value or a LUS value. You can also say, do not make the gain, even if I uh, mac, even if I RMS uh, to minus 23, do not increase the gain more than so many dB. You can even set that, you know. Yeah, I was, I was, I was going to say, like, even if you, as soon as you normalize to RMS, you bring the possibility of needing to uh, limit. Because you don't know where your peaks are going to be. Right. You you could bring your 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 you your average value up so high that you you might clip some peaks. Totally. And and if your RMS normalizer is doing its job right, it's gonna it's gonna limit those peaks. So doing an RMS normalize is in a sense going to be a dynamic operation. Because you're yeah. Because because if you're if if the resulting peaks are in excess of the available headroom. That's called limiting. Yeah, but a, a normalizer, clipping. by definition, doesn't do limiting. But it would have so so it clips. It. Right, it would clip. It's trying to bring the average level. Yeah, yeah. Up, I mean, right? I can I can run normalize to minus twenty in twisted wave, right? Just normalize to minus twenty. Right, RMS. minus twenty L, uh, RMS. RMS yep. It will clip uh, if it needs to. It right. will clip. Right. So you can then check so another what I'm saying, box. Is that clipping? Right. You can check another little okay. box and say maximum peak value minus one or minus three or zero, whatever. And then it will yep. still do the same calculation. However, if it still end, ends up clipping, it's still going to lower the RMS because it's not going to dynamically change the dynamic range. It's only going to do the best. Are you sure? Yeah. So, sure. so, 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 are you saying if you say, "Hey, give me a give me an RMS of minus twenty, right?" And it goes through the file and says, "I can't do that without clipping." It won't give you an error. It'll just literally clip the file. It'll have clipping, right? And so, so if you check, so clipping box, is limiting. So then normalized. it's got to then it's got to use a limiter. Then if you check that box, right? Well, no, then it's got to use so a limiter. Something has to win, right? You're yeah. either normalizing to an RMS or your, which is a dynamic operation. Well, if you can either normalize to RMS or normalize to LUFS. It's using a different standard, right? But th but those are bo both of those are average, not peak standards. They're average standards, right? Okay. Yeah. So as soon as you say I want to target this, I'll give you a good example. If you say I want to normalize this to zero zero digital true peak, <laughs> v, true peak. My, true my, peak I want my average. Right. Right. Okay. So, but I want my average to be zero. 
I'll try that. Then sometime. that thing's going to normalize it into a bunch of try, noise. Yeah, try that sometimes. So people <laughs> right. have done that by mistake. It, they'll it, they'll it, set it to minus it, three and not realize it was on RMS, and then they get this <laughs> wall of distortion. <laughs> yeah, right. That's hilarious. So the, so the point is, is that normalizing to RMS is a dynamic event, a dynamic in the sense of limiting or compression. Well, it's dynamic if, to the ideally, point where once it hits zero, it's clipped. Yes, yes that's what exactly. You Unless you tell it not <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah. If you tell it not to. But you to, can't tell it not yeah, to. Then, then the, only, then, then can, the only choice it has is to say well, it can't. Twisted wave, I, I can can't check achieve a box that RMS. That says maximum peak minus one. Right, and so it's peak limiting. Yeah, so it's got a But then the RMS will actually be lowered. It won't actually reach. So it the won't reach RMS. the target RMS because the peaks right. won't allow it to. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. That's how gotcha. it works on okay. Twisted Wave. Well, that's the problem. Every so, so in Twisted has Wave different rules. Different. In, in Twisted Wave, if you try to if you try to RMS normalize to a level that is louder than the peaks allow, right. it will just give you a lower RMS. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Here's one for you then, because um, Steinberg <laughs> Wave Lab is a mastering suite. Right, it's mm -hmm. a, st a stereo mastering suite, mm -hmm. which I use. Um, there is no uh, normalizer for RMS. The only level normalizer is peak level. They don't provide because it's CD RMS. mastering. Because they don't care about like like at that point, the the CD mastering is basically about getting it as loud as you can. Yep. There's no real like, oh, I'm averaging this level. Essentially, the question is. How loud can you get it to average before it sounds like absolute garbage? Which I would argue a lot of CDs <laughs> sound uh, kind of yes, bad. Yes. Yeah, that's why we have the loudness <laughs> rules and yeah. loudness wars of the the loudness wars of the two right. thousands or the aughts or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like started in the nineties. I mean, it started as soon as the Waves L one came out. That thing. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's like that old chestnut, yeah. which I still use. So if you're gonna, it's, so if you don't have um, an RMS or Luff's normalizer, then and you've only got a peak level normalizer, would you set your peak level at minus three dB or anything? Really, the, the reason why I use a minus three decibel peak on stereo files is because that way, if someone sums them to mono, you don't clip. But minusing or normalizing a uh, mono file to minus three. I don't know if that makes as much sense unless it gets because there's because it's not going to get doubled up in some and like uh, you know added to the gain by monoing it. It's already mono. We have this conversation. We, it's we pretty talk hard. about setting gain levels in on on VOBS yeah. like every month, right? Because nobody seems to know. There, there just there isn't very very clear guidance on this. Dan, no. Dan tends to lean towards kind of older school. You really need to be peaking between minus six and minus three. And my theory is... That's loud. That's loud because that's harder to control clipping as an actor, right? It's harder as an actor to be that close yeah. to blowing up your engine, right? <laughs> Especially not with a compressor. I mean, between minus six and minus three. Right. So he's giving you a three decibel... right. Yeah, and it's saying a little in the red is okay. And I used to agree with this entirely, but but now it's like now a 24-bit recording, and we've talked about this before, yeah. right? There's so much more dynamic range content that's being stored or captured. And you've got everybody, even a Scarlet solo is 24-bit AD converters, right? So anybody yep. can record in 24-bit nowadays. And give themselves a break on the uh, input gain. Give them, give themselves more headroom. You know, peak at like minus twelve. 
I've been saying if you're in the yellow, let it mellow. If you're yeah. in the red, you're almost dead. Yeah. If you're in the green, yeah. you're a little lean. And if it's brown, you just shut yourself. I've, I've always, I've always <laughs> said like <laughs> average, average is like you know between minus twenty and minus twelve, and then everything above minus twelve is performance and other things. But just leave yourself that. It's always better to be lower than higher. Yeah, I, I mean, I, if, it's it'd be stressful trying to hit such if, a narrow if you came window. From radio, all the time. Like, see, that's the thing is Dan has radio training, right? And so he is training is literally staring at a VU meter, right? While he's talking. Um, but in voiceover, you can't, you just cannot be looking at a VU meter and acting. You can't be in the character and simultaneously watching a needle waving. I'm sure some people do it. That's my I theory. I don't think you should. They, lower that can only hurt your performance. Right. Yeah. That's my yeah. theory. Anyway, I've, and again, I'm saying this from someone who's not an actor. But I am saying it from someone that does work with actors every single day and is always trying to figure out a way to hack this whole thing so the actor doesn't have to think about it so much. But the thing is, when you record, if you re like, if you actually capture it peaking at minus twelve, right? Um, once you've once you've recorded and everything, and you've got everything set, you can just lift the gain up to whatever you like. You can mm -hmm. peak at minus three. Right, that's the normal. Especially, especially yeah. if it's 24-bit. Right. Yeah. Except, except, oh, especially if it's 24-bit. It's fine. But the point is, I guess we're trying yeah. to get at is, A, should you do it? And B, if you do, what should settings should you use? What's best practice? I reckon just moving the gain up. I don't think normalizing particularly. What's the difference? I, I, believe, I believe don't worry about peaks. Uh, and if you... Don't if you aren't doing other processes on your voice, like already compressing it, already limiting it. So if you just have natural peaks and you get your average level around minus twenty, you're 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 fine. You don't even need to worry about peaks because peaks won't be an issue. Yeah, this is not going to happen. You're 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 probably not even going to hit zero on most performances. If you're a cartoon character, it's a completely different area because your dynamic range is now double and triple what normal things are. And so that's, that's a different thing. But for all of the bread and butter announcer, you know, voice IVR, all, all the all that kind of work, if, if if you hit minus 20 average, you're fine. You don't even need to like like you could back in the day we didn't have peak meters. We had VU meters and that's all there was and and peaks weren't a problem because the average level was such that there was plenty of headroom to handle the peaks. Well also peaks were soft clipping a lot on tape. You know, you're getting on tape, tape saturation right. and all kinds of other stuff. So it was it was a soft clip. Nowadays with digital converters, there's no soft clip. It's just once well, it passes zero. Yeah. Except for the uh, the trademarked and copywritten Apogee, Apogee soft clipping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that is good technology, yeah. So I think in yeah. terms of answering this question, though, I don't know that there is we an answer. I, I don't know. That, well, that, I think you're right. Because he, I'm, I'm going to throw in my five cents worth in a second. Is that Australian? So what's that really worth? <laughs> About $4 American. Well, my point was going to be, firstly, we don't have the audition process here, so maybe my observation's worth jack shit. But there's four of us on this show. All four of us have a different answer because my answer was be, would be, don't worry about noise. Don't worry about peaks. Don't worry about what level it should be. Just concentrate on doing the best performance you possibly can because at the end of the day... Everything else can be fixed. If you've got the best performance that turns up 
for some spot that's being auditioned, surely no one in their right mind is going to overlook you simply because there's a couple of little clicks or pops or your levels aren't great. If that performance is exactly what we want, you've got the job. I, 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 yeah. I, you know, for me, worrying about all this other stuff is is neither here nor there. Surely if you nail the performance 100%, everything else is irrelevant because you've given them so exactly what So are mouth clicks part of the performance? I wouldn't worry about mouth clicks <laughs> personally. <laughs> no, I wouldn't because that's right. as an engineer, that's my job. And and if I if I if I can't afford to do the job and this is just me, but if if I was looking at a job and it came down to whether I had to take out mouth clicks in a voiceover or not in terms of whether I could afford to take it for the price they're offering, I'd be going should I be taking it at all? Because if that's if it's that close to the borderline <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like I'm an audio well, engineer. That, that does, I, right, but that but that does yeah. happen. Well, yeah, that's like, that's that's the audio that, engineer's that problem. That's not the voiceover talent's problem. Um, you know what I mean? It's well, like, it is uh, the voiceover talent's well, problem because the audio engineer is going. Okay, well, in this, okay, put it this way: in. if 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 as an audio engineer, if I if if I found the perfect audition for my client and I didn't send it on to them because I thought I might have to take out some mouth clicks, then I shouldn't be in that job. Because my job is to provide my client with the best person to do the job for them. And if I can't do that, then don't do it. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe or, I'm old or, school. Or, or, your, or your job in this case is to deliver the production on time and under budget. Because no, yeah, that's well, what the client yeah. is prioritizing in particular down, above. Yeah, but or I'm along sure. With, I'm sure the yeah. client, at the same time, also expects if if he's if he's charged me with casting for the job, I'm sure he also expects me to pass on the best possible submissions to them for them to have a listen to, regardless of whether there's pops, clicks, mouth so, noise, so, or whatever. So, so what happens later if then you hire like Joe Mouthclick? Mm-hmm. And now you've got an extra <laughs> two hours of mouth mouth clicking, and you know even even to the point where maybe you are a um, you're like one of these producers that's hiring freelance engineers, whatever. So now you had to pay your freelance engineer an extra hour, and you go back to your client and you say, "Hey, client, like I gave you the best voice, but the best voice happened to have mouth clicks, and so now I need." An extra hundred dollars from you to cover the amount of time it took to de de mouth click this person, and then the client comes back and says, "Well, why did you give me that audition?" I wouldn't wait. Mm. I, I wouldn't wait for that. I it, I would flag that before the job. You know, that, that, I, I that's know. what Maybe happened. That's exactly what way. happened. Mm. Right. So flagging it behind be, before the job is what is flagging it before the job, not forwarding the talent to the t- engineer, or not forwarding the talent to the clients to decide or is it saying to the clients your budget's too tight to if, if the know, budget's to, that to tight why are we doing the job at all I mean what's the contingency if you know if something goes wrong or what's the contingency for redos or what's the contingency for this contingency for that if it's if it comes down to I've got to spend it there's you know I've spent an extra hour de-clicking I don't know but yeah I look maybe I'm yeah but it's not you doing that it's not you spending the extra hour I think that's what Robert's getting at is like the guy who's actually going through the auditions is not the engineer so he's got to employ an engineer and if he gets an extra bill for $100, $200 it just comes out of his pocket so it's like nah, right. I don't really want to go down that street let's go for this one Anyway, well, let me ask you said that. If, if you're not passing <laughs> if, on the if, best audition to your client for a job then 
you shouldn't be doing the job. I'm sorry. That's 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 the way I see it. Maybe I maybe maybe but, I'm business minded. But the audition is a, the, the, the auditions a part of the whole job. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. The, the audition's not the whole job. It's like if you're just like here's the best audition. Now you figure out how to engineer it well. But the whole thing is like here's a job for a delivered mixed thing and here's the budget here's the time and there's always that thing where it's like you know you pick you pick one we pick the other two so if they're going to lock in the budget they're going to lock in the time you know yeah like you're you're going to want to if you're a mechanic and 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 there's like better brakes that there's more expensive brakes or there's cheap brakes that you can install and then you get the client out quicker but then the client comes back cuz they're unhappy or you end up having to put in new brakes again because the client the the, the brakes broke one way or the other the bad brakes are going to cause an issue for either you or the client it's going to come down to somebody else cuz god knows the voiceover person's not going to de-click it <laughs> maybe not like I, mean, I don't know if we want that well, they again will if, if you know, they, like, if they yeah. will if they think that that mouth clicking is going to keep them from getting the job they will right. No, no. But the yeah. issue, the issue there is that if you are Joe Mouthclick and you D Mouthclick your audition, and then you come in like all oh, right, yeah, then that is super annoying That's as well. True. Because that is basically like an ingenuine. Unless you're doing you know, like, ASMR for porno, then uh, be perfect. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, okay. So I know this is this is a this is a rat hole and a half, and I I'm happy. I love. It's a great conversation that we should have. If the if the talent has the ability to soft clip their input, right? So if they're using the Apogee mm-hmm. Duet, or if they're using uh, the Micport Pro two or three, which has a limiter now, it has um, a limiter on it. Yep. Should they be making use of that tool um, as to protect the integrity of the? I have no form? problem with that. I think a little bit of soft clipping is extremely transparent and would be perfectly fine to to use as a way to get your RMS value to where you want it to be. If it hits a little bit of soft clip, it's minimal. And I wouldn't I wouldn't have a problem with that. Okay, at well all, then for personally. for a future show, I'm gonna yes. I'm gonna present a mic preamp that also controls the gain for you. Ooh, and we'll okay. talk about that. I think I know which one it is. Alrighty. It's that microphone, yeah. You're Robbo and Robert, back to your corners. Uh, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. It's a technical <laughs> knockout. It's, I've got to say, can I just say, I'm so glad here in Australia we don't have to deal with the audition process. Honestly, it's like... Stand by, Robbo. It's happening. nightmare. It's happening. I'm so glad I'm not a voice talent. How about having to audition for jobs that you already got in the past and then auditioning for them again, even though you know you're going to get them? My buddy Bob Bergen has to audition to be Porky Pig like every fucking year, man. (laughs) That's all. It's ridiculous. He's been Porky Pig for 20-something, 25 years. It's ridiculous. But he still has to audition for that damn job. Yeah. Yeah. I'll leave you with this story. I was asked to audition to be the voice of Dancing with the Stars. The <laughs> latest series of last year, I did the first nine series in Australia, and they said, "We, you know, we're getting nostalgic. We're bringing back the original host. Blah 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 blah. Would you audition for it?" I auditioned for it and didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there's also the ones that? where you have to audition for the job, and you are the reference on the job. Yeah, and you, and you don't get, and the, you job. Don't get the job. <laughs> it needs to sound like. So, you know, it needs yeah. to sound like well, Andrew Peters. And you get the yeah, fucking... It, it needs to sound like me. And you don't get the job. Somebody sounds <laughs> more like you than you. That's like a two-point lead. You shoot yourself? <laughs> no, I shot them. Yeah. 
the worst part was that the person who got it was a female. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who got it. I have no idea who got it, but uh, I think I know that who happens. Got it. Anyway, that, what's the old yeah. thing? Like, who is who is Andrew Peters? Get me Andrew Peters. Get me somebody that sounds like Andrew Peters. Who's Andrew Peters? Yeah. That's the the cycle of the voice. I could qualify for that. (laughs) That's the cycle of the voice actors. Well, that was fun. Is it over? The Pro Audio Suite. With thanks to Trimer. Recorded using Source Connect. Edited by Andrew Peters. And mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging. With tech support from George the Tech Whittem. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and join in the conversation on our Facebook group. To leave a comment, suggest a topic, or just say g'day, drop us a note at our website. ProAudioSuite.com.